Jesus blew some minds and likely ruffled some feathers in his response to the lawyer's question, Who is my neighbor? As understood in Leviticus 19, an Israelite's neighbor was one of his own kin, a fellow Israelite. Certainly, the, 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 the definition of, of neighbor was therefore narrowly interpreted, so that loving others outside of Israel was not required. And certainly, loving a Samaritan was not required. In fact, Samaritans were so hated and so vilified by Israel that being loving toward one of them may have even been seen as the wrong thing to do, or at least something that brought scandal and gossip. I heard that Joe was being friendly to a Samaritan the other day. Ew. Do you think he, like, ate with him? They're not friends now, are they? I don't know, but I don't think we should be seen with Joe anymore. No, not if he's going to consort with those sorts of people. And into this insular nature and narrow definition of neighbor, Jesus told the parable of the Samaritan who helped the Israelite. And the people hearing Jesus' story couldn't have wanted to identify themselves with the priest or the Levite who saw this Israelite beaten half to death and went on by, leaving the man dying by the side of the road, they would have had to identify either with the Samaritan, you, or with the beaten man who received help from the Samaritan, also kind of you. Either way, they were rather uncomfortable and their minds blown, wondering, how could a Samaritan be good? And also struggling with the point of Jesus' parable that their narrow definition of neighbor didn't fit into God's kingdom. They were segregated into Israelites and everyone else, and that segregation didn't fit into God's kingdom. Their prejudice and feeling that all Samaritans were bad didn't fit into God's kingdom. Jesus showed them that there were bad Israelites and good Israelites just like there were bad Samaritans and good Samaritans. And some were willing to accept Jesus' teaching and others were not. The problems of prejudice and stereotypes continued. They still assault us today and often erupt into acts of violence, like the shooting of police in Dallas last week. And such violence can lead us to double down on prejudice and stereotypes, to double down on fear and mistrust of others. But I think Jesus was pretty clear that such doubling down on fear, mistrust, and stereotypes has no place in God's kingdom. Such was the conclusion of one man who attended the rally in Dallas and was leaving just before the sniper's bullets began to fly. I read about him in the Huffington Post this man, Kellen Nixon, who had taken his five-year-old son to the rally and left towards the end of some rally as some bad actors who weren't associated with the rally began shouting negative things. And Mr. Nixon is a 34-year-old black man, a pastor of a church in Dallas, a husband and father, and in reflecting on the killing of the police and running for his life and his son's life, he said, you start to think it's me against the world. And with that type of mentality, we'll implode as a people. We're all one race at the end of the day. If we get a me against the world mentality, 
Last night I was thinking, maybe it's not black lives matter or all lives matter. Maybe it's just my life matters. Maybe it's just my family's life matters. I had to recover from that spiritually. I had to be reminded that love conquers all. He then talked about showing mercy. And like in our story today, that mercy did not come from where he expected it to come. He said, at a point in my life, I sold drugs. And the honest truth is that the mercy that was extended to me wasn't by other drug dealers, and it wasn't by African-American men. But it was by two Anglo-American officers that found me with drugs, and they extended me mercy. And from there, I was able to be a husband. I was able to be a father. I'm a pastor and a preacher now. And at the same time, when I'm in a three-piece suit from the police, I'm treated worse than when I was a thug. So it proves to me that not everybody's bad, he continued. That everybody wearing a badge is not bad. That every African American is not bad. But we have to change our concepts. We have to change our ideology in this country. We're so segregated in everything. We're segregated in our schools still. We're segregated in our religion. We're segregated in churches. And it destroys us. Segregation and prejudice and doubling down on fear and insularity does destroy us. It was destroying Israel in Jesus' day. Israel was meant to be a light to the nations, and yet in Jesus' day they had turned insular. Segregated from the west of the world, prejudice against others. And their insular nature and disdain for others was hiding the light that they were meant to share and destroying them as a people. It's hard to have a heart that is prejudiced towards just a few without that heart eventually turning prejudiced and segregated against many or even most. Indeed, that was... What happened in Israel, there were factions and prejudices within Israel, various groups fighting amongst themselves as to who was following God's laws in the right way and who was wrong. Their prejudice and segregation towards others and towards each other was a cancer. And Jesus said, no more. Love one another. Show mercy. Stop being so self-righteous that you constantly notice other people's sins and shortcomings while ignoring your own. Stop thinking you're better than anybody else just because you're an Israelite or just because you're this particular brand of Israelite. Be united in loving one another and showing mercy. That is the way to eternal life. And those same words could be said by Jesus to the church today. No more of these factions. Love one another. Show mercy. Stop being so self-righteous that you constantly notice other people's sins and shortcomings while ignoring your own. Stop thinking that you're better than anybody else just because you're a Christian or because you're a particular brand of Christian. Be united in loving one another and showing mercy. That is the way to eternal life. Now I know that we in the Episcopal Church think that we have the best possible way of being a Christian and following Jesus, and that's true, except, of course, that it isn't true. Being an Episcopalian is absolutely the best way of being a Christian for me, probably for everybody here, but it's not for everyone. 
There are plenty of churches that have ways of being Christian that we think are just kind of nuts or just plain wrong. But they work plenty well for those people. We're united not by whatever particular brand of Christianity works for us. We're united in Jesus. It's part of the joy of the church is we get to be really diverse and still be who we are and also be united in Jesus. Even being united in Jesus, I like to think then that being a Christian is the best way for everyone. And yet there are so many wonderful people out there who aren't Christian. And they love people and show mercy. And they are therefore our neighbors and our brothers and our sisters. Now there are bad actors within any group, within any ethnicity, race or religion. And we tend to want to classify whole groups based on those bad actors. It's a way of self-preservation based on fear. Jesus tells us, however, that doing so, classifying whole groups as bad on the bad actions of some, does not preserve our lives. It actually destroys our lives. In Luke 17.33, Jesus says, Those who try to make their life secure will lose it, but those who lose their life will keep it. Trying to keep our lives secure through fear, segregation, and prejudice ends up destroying our lives. Embracing others and taking the risk to love those whom we fear brings us eternal life in God's kingdom. Not only in the next life, but also in this life as well. It's risky. But that's life in God's kingdom. And risking life together is the only way forward and the only way that doesn't lead to destruction. We are the body of Christ. Broken on the cross sealed in the tomb, and resurrected to life everlasting. We carry the light of Christ, and we have been charged by Jesus to risk our lives for the sake of others. We have been charged to love others, to show mercy, to call everyone neighbor. So I leave us with the words of the rock band Rush from their song, Everyday Glory. If the future's looking dark, we're the ones who have to shine. If there's no one in control, we're the ones who draw the line. Though we live in trying times, we're the ones who have to try. Though we know that time has wings, we're the ones who have to fly. We follow Jesus into the uncertainty of love. Denying our fears, denying our prejudice, denying our segregation in order to show love and mercy to all, living in his kingdom of love and light, which leads to life everlasting. Amen.